Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Happy 4th of July as that comes up. Happy National Hockey League Free Agency and happy NHL Draft, which just uh, was completed. It's Judd, it's Declan, and it's Jesse Pierce, who in the very great tradition of hockey, the bar down beauty is, yes, at a golf course, I'm jealous. a golf cart. Yes, but, but look, I mean, is there anything more perfect for a hockey person <laughs> than to be spending time as we near July in a golf cart. No, I don't think so. I mean, my game is about as bad as the Wilds' playoff record, so that's fine. It's, you know, I, I hit the green a little bit more than they hit the net, but we're working on it. It's all good. Well, that's a good start, actually. I mean, come on. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's look back and then obviously look forward with NHL free agency starting. I think it starts at 11 a.m. our time on Saturday. Uh, but let's go to the draft. and Jess, Dex and I did a very brief episode yesterday because of the of the uh, consternation that we saw about the pick of uh, Charlie Stramel, and I believe it's Stramel from what I've seen in the, the pronunciation uh, from Wisconsin, a center, six three two twenty two. But now w- with the draft done, I find it um, interesting. I actually find it to be a good thing that the Wilds' first three picks, so first round and then two uh, second round picks. Stramel, 6'3", 222. Rasmus, I'm going to go with uh, Kumpelanen. He is the second-round pick, a center, 6'3", 190. And then, thank God for this name, Riley Height. He is the 64th overall pick in the second round, center, 5'11", 180. Bill Garrett and Judd Brackett, the Wilds Director of Scouting, made no secret of the fact that they were intent on basically going after centers because the organization is so depleted or has been there so what are your first uh or what are your thoughts on the first three picks starting with stramo who i think a lot of people were surprised and disappointed by with the 21st overall pick and that's unfortunate because you know charlie stramo he is a minnesota native right a dream come true and a lot of people were dogging on the pick i don't think they were necessarily dogging on him as a player, although there still are a lot of question marks around him just based on how he has performed at the collegiate level and whether that's going to be able to grow into a future NHLer. But the big question I had is, it seems like a reach in the first round. I mean, really, I feel like he would have been hanging around in the second if he was still a high priority. It just seemed very uh, peculiar that they really reached for that in with their number 21 overall pick. Um, ultimately, Judd, I think he must have been in Billy's ear with the size too. If you notice though, a lot of these guys, huge size up the middle, which I think is great. 
again, how that works out once they grow into their, their game a little bit more and their body, no pun intended. Um, I'm always curious about that, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. Riley height, the name that is easy to pronounce also, I think is their best pick. I am very excited about that. I caught glimpses of him at the international level. Um, that pick I'm particularly excited about. I'm surprised he hung around as long as he did for the wild to get him with their second, uh, or excuse me, their third pick overall, but their, their second round there. Um, overall, I think it was, it's a, a B class in general from top to bottom. I'm very, I'm not disappointed. Again, we've talked about it on this show before we've talked about it with the Buttes. It's hard to assess where a 17 year old is going to be. I know Dex loves his prospects. I know he loses sleep at night about these players, but it's just, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was a fine draft for the Minnesota wild. Yeah. I mean, Jess, what I told Judd was, um, I mean, you're taking the bet that you have three guys here that you drafted in the first two rounds. And if one of them pans out and becomes a serviceable NHL player, that's kind of the goal here. Uh, I think to assume all three of them, you know, come up in the next few years and are contributing to the NHL is probably a little far-fetched with prospects. But I think if, um, if one of these guys develops quickly enough, you know, we'll see if what Schrammel does, if he ends up staying at university of Wisconsin, which all indications, I believe he is indeed staying and playing college hockey. We'll see how long he stays there. Does he burn an entry-level deal when he comes here? Does he take his time? Uh, but they're basically betting that here in, in, in one of these three picks, that one of them in the next few years will hopefully turn out to be a solid NHL player for them. Can so, I, we talk about how there were no trades during the draft? From oh, I know. It sucked. Like, the first round. The I watched the entire I, – I geeked out. I watched the entire thing. It was like three-plus hours. It was like an old baseball game from last year. And there were no trades. I was so disappointed. What what happened? Just Where's boring. the excitement? Yeah, give Super me something. Boring. Right, great suits though. Great suits, great swag from all the boys. Uh, in particular, Adam Fantilli. Did you see that? How he had the names of every awesome. single person. That well, is so cool. I think the Ducks. So I will comment um, on top five picks. I think the Ducks screwed up. I think Fantilli's a special player. I love that kid. He's a good kid. You can tell he is sharp. Um, I was really surprised he didn't go to the Ducks. And to your point, though, of no trades, here's my question. With their first pick, Arizona and Montreal both reached. Why not trade back? Mm -hmm. Nashville spent all day on on the day of the first round trying to get the Canadians to give, give them, I think, pick five in a trade. It would have been great. And Montreal's like, we're not going to move off pick five. So I'm thinking, okay, they got a plan here, right? They reached. Arizona reached. So I was really disappointed. But on the wild thing, here's where I struggle. Two things. And look, it's pick 21. So it's really hard for me to assess the pick like the player. But where I struggle with criticism is this. One is when Judd Brackett got this job, came from the Canucks to take this job, like, his resume was really impressive. People were singing his praises. So now do we suddenly think he's not that smart? And then my second problem is, and I'm now being accused of being a Garen defender, but I criticized him flat out for not putting a priority on centers. Like that was my whole thing. Like he's like, Ryan Hartman's fine. I'm like, I don't really think he's fine. Like, I don't think that your centers outside of Eck and look, um, Goudreau, who, I know is like a second son to Dino, but you know, and he's a hard worker, but he's not a premium guy. So when you're going to use three picks on a position, especially for taller guys, first picks a right-hand shot. I have 
a hard time justifying then coming back and saying it's the wrong guy. So I really struggle with criticizing it because I've been begging Bill Guerin to do exactly this. You're feeling guilty then is what you're saying. You feel like you have to team up with Billy because, hey, I've been asking for it. Now they've finally fed it. And you know what? You and the rest of the Wild fan base, you guys, you guys have been screaming for this. It was center, center, center. There you go. He did what he did. I think the question is, especially with how deep the center class is, yes, you weren't going to get Connor Bedard. You weren't going to get Adam Fantility. That's fine. There were still some other players, I think, that could have been, that were considered, quote unquote, best available at 21 than Charlie Strammel. Again, it's not a knock on him as a player. It's just the fact he probably was going to hang around for a little bit longer. I get if the Minnesota really wanted him. And you know what? Who knows? They probably saw something in in him that we're not seeing. But that for that year at the University of Wisconsin raises a lot of questions. Like, why would you go? You know, I don't even think Charlie was probably aware that he'd be a first round pick, let alone for his hometown team. But you're right, Judd. They went centers. They went center heavy. They even picked up a few defensemen on the in the later rounds, which is also a need that's going to need to be replenished. So, again, ultimately. Yeah, good job. The one of us. I mean, we drafted three one of us members, right? We drafted three Minnesotans, which I feel like passed wild regimes have usually kind of stayed away from drafting Minnesotans ironically enough in this state of hockey. Uh, so they're taking also a couple bets on some Minnesota kids, which is good. Um, yeah. But I think with Strammel probably stay at Wisconsin, build up some of that value if he wants to bolt in March and whether that's an entry level deal or he does the amateur tryout where he doesn't burn that first year, we'll wait and see, but he's probably in line to go back to Wisconsin, kind of recoup some of the value, get his game together a little bit more before making a probably more significant decision. On the one of us aspect, it kind of surprises me because I remember when Nick Fuchs said came back to Minnesota and Bill Guerin was very adamant that nope, he needs to know it's a business. He needs to know this, this, this. Ever since they brought Bukestead back, it's been a run of Minnesota kids where at mm-hmm. the time it seems that Guerin was kind of very against that. Like, we don't love the hometown thing. We're not going all about, about that. But you have. So I do find that interesting because Bill Guerin knows what that's like firsthand as a Massachusetts kid. He yeah. went back and played for the Bruins, talked about how difficult that was, talked about how difficult it would be, again, for Nick Bukestead at that time. And ever since, it's golly and favor and, and a, a slew of Minnesota kids, which is great. And I know a state of hockey, love it. And there is plush talent in Minnesota. Do not get me wrong by any stretch of the imagination. I just find it funny because I do. I always go back to that press conference that Billy had, and it seemed like, okay, this was kind of a one-off deal, but it certainly hasn't been. On prospects, do we think that Brackett changed that a bit too? Potentially, I guess, right? I mean, Judd Brackett does have eyes everywhere, and he himself is everywhere. Um, you know, and I think there's probably been so many years of wallowing. Oh, the best Minnesotans don't play for Minnesota. Oh, wow. Oh, boo-hoo. All of, all of this. Blake, Blake Wheeler is available now, guys, just so you know. Uh, but no, I mean, I, it, it's possible because there is. There is ripe talent here without question, especially when it comes – to USA hockey players and American born players, you're going to find the best of the best in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I suppose Judd Brackett, he would be the one that would have to change Bill's mind on that. And, and Billy saw the light as the state of hockey is the Mecca of hockey. Or something like that. Um, so the wild drafted six guys, I went through the first three, the last three defenseman, Aaron Pionk, who is of course, Neil Pionk's brother, he's 6'1". Caleb Parker, who is from uh, Clavitt, Saskatchewan, 6 feet. Jimmy Clark, who's from Edina, 6 feet. In other words, of the six guys they drafted, Riley Height is the only one, and, and he's close, 
at 5'11", who's under six feet. I do love this. I think that this is, this screams to me, I'm not sure about you you guys, but this screams to me, we're going to start drafting playoff players. And playoff players are bigger, they're stronger, and I mean, th- these kids don't weigh a ton now, but again, to be fair to them, they're kids, they're children, basically. But um, I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me because I'm sure Bill Guerin favors size and ability to play physical, but watching the playoffs and watching what the Blues did with their defensive core a couple years ago in winning the Stanley Cup and now the Golden Knights, I absolutely love this trend towards we need more size at certain positions and getting that size. Yeah, I would agree. They need to all kind of bulk up a little bit, which again is just part of growing. It's a reason that you want them to go back to college. It's the reason they need that year in the AHL. You look back at Matt Boldy. Matt Boldy is a tall dude. But that was the first thing that needed to change about his game. Yes, you can handle the puck well. You need to learn how to play against men because that is, that's going to be the biggest transition. And I think that's why Bill Guerin remains so patient with them is because the AHL, Nothing's going to wake you up a little bit quicker than the AHL, but even that is a level below the NHL for a reason when it comes to physicality, when it comes to just the sheer size of players. So height obviously plays a huge factor, especially just with the length of the stick and your arms in general, right? I mean, there's a reason Matt Zuccarello, the tiniest little guy on the team, has such an incredibly long stick so he can get that reach. But yeah, I think you're just going to want to make sure that these guys remain bulky, remain strong, remain everything that you need them to be and there's time for them to grow because they are kids for all intents and purposes you're ready for them to become men in the next couple of years be ready to uh, take the team because in the next couple of years guys as we've talked about is when the wild should be primed for a good run the next couple of years the buyouts are off the books you should have the players in place and these guys would be a part of that and the, the game just trends towards bigger guys now right i mean it, at one time it was smaller guys now it's bigger physicality and the wild are in general a very small team and i don't know if you can just fix that overnight given the limited resources that they have at their cap disposal so can you kind of for lack of a better words can you build bigger for the future and that's also i think what they're trying to do here at these big power type centers to try to bulk them up and if one of them becomes a wing and transitions there that's also fine too but i think that's kind of the philosophy that they're trying to establish here Okay, so the free agency period begins Saturday morning. The Wild has been well-established, like a few teams, no cap space. Starting with you, Jesse, do you expect any surprises, any trades, and any unforeseen? I'm sure they'll add, you know, a guy here or there, a depth guy or something. That wouldn't surprise me. But do you expect surprises? And by that, I mean, you know, is Marco Rossi being shopped? Because he sure doesn't seem to fit in the template of what they're doing now as far as size goes. Um, but do you see a Saturday or a Sunday move that we would say, oh, whoa, didn't expect that? I'm more likely now just watching what other teams are doing. If you're looking at the Central Division and what teams are doing to actively get better and, and change things, and granted, some of those teams, like the Winnipeg Jets, are in need of a complete turnover Chicago same situation but Chicago is adding players like nothing the fact that they just paid four million for Corey Perry is ridiculous but they have the cap space to do so but it makes them better as well right I mean I think Bill Guerin might have to be a little bit more active than he originally wanted to be just based on looking at what the central has done what they are doing and that might mean again some favorites that Minnesota Minnesota players are gone maybe Freddie Goudreau is an option why not I mean maybe Freddie Gr- an option. Dean Maybe would, players Dean like would that quit. Are options. 
I know. Dean would quit saying. if you traded Goudreau. You don't. You have you have two untouchables, right? You have uh, Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy. Maybe Jonas Brodin. Those would be maybe your three. The rest, I mean, you have to listen and entertain. Again, you don't want to bring it. You want to be smart about it because you don't need to bring in an immediate impact player necessarily, but you need somebody that would help change the dynamic of the team. So. I think looking again at the central division teams getting better, getting stronger. I know we've all kind of maybe come to terms that the playoffs might not happen this year, but Bill Guerin's certainly going to want to try to still have a competitive team, which means you have to do something and they have to shed cap space. I mean, ultimately that's what they do. I know he joked at the draft that the agents seem to think that the cap space skyrocketed to 10 million additional. It didn't. It's 1 million extra for them. So, I mean, their changes are coming and it might be more surprising than I initially thought. Mm, I think with the limited resources, unless it's just like some vet minimum guys, which I totally expect to happen, I think you actually might see more trades than signings in terms of getting something of impact, getting them something that's significant, uh, of, of significant importance, basically. They just don't have the cap resources to sign someone, really. So you're going to have to get more creative there, and that probably means making a trade of an established player or trading with some of your prospects or trading future picks to bring in someone to offset some of that. So I think, honestly... If I'm betting, I bet they go that route instead of trying to make a big splash because they just they physically can't. So they have to make a like a very similar NBA like trade where you have to match salaries essentially and try to figure out the best way to do that because with their limited cap resources, I just don't know who they can really sign that's gonna make you kind of get excited for the season. Eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Tailored to your schedule, customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little you need. You can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up those springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash Judd50 and use code Judd50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code Judd50 at factormeals.com. This class, though, from a, a free agency standpoint, it's a great one to miss. Like, yeah. it's a bunch of old guys who are going to sign short-term contracts. And look, you know what? July 1st has turned into, a, into and this happened long ago, overpay day. Like, if you look at it, how many guys on July 1st and 2nd are signed to ridiculous contracts that are not worth it? So I would actually say this. If there's any year, especially not to have cap room, Jess, this is a good one as far as that, that goes because it removes the temptation. It removes the temptation, even from a guy, as you just mentioned, who got bought out today, Blake Wheeler, who I have no interest in, in at this age, but guys like that who who strike me as sort of Fletch guys, right? Like Fletcher would have been like, I'm going to bring him back here. I am delighted that the, that the temptation is removed from Garen's uh, plate, so, so to speak, by not having cap space for what I really think is not really an attractive free agency class at all. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the only thing that worries me about this new trend of them wanting to bring guys home and let them ride off into the sunset because that oh, would be I the agree. perfect thing for Blake Wheeler, right? And uh, he's got size, he's good off the middle, he's proven. And I do, I take exception to this because he is the same exact age as me. He's like a month younger. 
He is old, though. We're old. You can't play the game at this. I mean, that's the one concern I have with him. And then there's also, we talked about it with Mark Shifley, too, the concern about the locker room that Winnipeg had to deal with. What level did Blake Wheeler play to that? He was a captain for a very, very long time there. How much does he have that? It's hard to believe, having spoken with him personally and knowing his his parents, that he would be that way. But you never know. I mean, he might not be the type of guy that you'd want um, behind the locker room door. So, yeah, I would I'd pass. I know there's the romantic, the reporter in me is like, oh, that would be fun. Yay. It's another yeah. great storyline. But from a team standpoint, it's not going to do you much. It's throwing away money for another, as you said, Judd, another year long contract. And that's, that's it. So I just think they'll probably stay away from that. Hopefully. Hey Dex, of the guys who, who have uh, come across the wire today is being bought out. Is there anyone who intrigues you? If this team had some cap space, um, because it's a fairly lo- long list of guys who got bought out today. I mean, Friday. if if I had, if you had better character issues, I'd be all in on Duchesne. Um, but Ooh. I'm I have more questions of his off the ice stuff than I do on the ice. On the ice, he's still a very good player, and he would make the Wild a lot better. Even though he's now 32 years old, he still drives playmaking ability. He has playmaking abilities, and he drives offense. Um, but I have some questions there. You know, if if Blake Wheeler wants to take the vet minimum, I also saw his agent said he wants to go to an Eastern Conference team to have a new challenge or something. It's like, Blake, you're 36. Like, there's no new challenges that are that are needed here, pal. You were a captain. It was a great run. There, there's no new challenges that are needed. If you want to chase a cup in the East, okay, I understand that. Eastern's a little more deeper than the West. Um, but if, if Blake wants to come home on a $1 million deal one year, I'm fine with that. Uh, but if they had more cap space, I'd be a little bit more interested in Duchesne as of now, no, I, I still think finding a trade partner would be the, be the better route. And just you, you hit on a very key point though. So I am, I have no problem with drafting local kids, like from the state, if they're good draft them. I love that. I'm totally with you though. On like, for instance, the Goligoski thing, you know, and, and now he won't waive his no trade. So he's like, I'll just come back and play occasionally. I mean, he plays as big, bigger role on that damn team as we do from the mm-hmm. press box. Um, so those to me are two very different conversations, but if you're saying, beware of this thing of all oh, the vet from Minnesota, totally with you, let's stop that. Let's not do that. Um, it would have to be the right guy, but you know, Goligoski, and then you've got guys that might want to come back. I am all for drafting them. I am very much against, unless it's a guy that's going to fit. And you know what? Most of them don't seem to, including the two guys who got 13-year contracts. So, yeah, I I side with your view here, which is, oh, boy, you know, it's a great story. It's a fun takeout piece to write, but is it really a productive move? Right, exactly. Maybe TJ Oshie I would take. If that was not maybe, but even he, he's old. Those are people of really my generation. You hurt just all the get time. Really you guys old. get hurt a lot. You're very old. You get hurt. I know, I know. I threw out my back on 18 earlier, so that's <laughs> exactly <how I> am. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, last thing for for you guys. Um, the Blackhawks obviously drafted Bedard, and they are uh, and they are speaking of veteran guys. Jesse mentioned Corey Perry. Nick Foligno was traded for, and his rights were traded for, but just signed as well. And then the Blues had three first round picks, and the Blues are going to like the Blues do not want to go into a rebuild they are trying to do a retool starting with you jesse how much do those two teams stand out to you as far as um improvement maybe not in 2020 324 but pretty quick 
especially when the starting point, and I'm not saying Stanley Cup, but I'm just saying a pain in the ass for the Wild when the starting point is Connor Bedard, who is supposed to be, like McDavid, a generational type of talent. Oh, gosh. I mean, we are going to be treated to a Calder race for the ages next year with Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, Matthew Nye is in Toronto. I mean, it's going to be a tremendous rookie class coming in, and I'm so excited to see that in general. But, yeah, Chicago's making moves. I mean, they feel like, I'm sure, quote, unquote, they've done their time down in the rebuild mode. Now we're ready to come surging out. So I think they are going to be a problem. Again, they're spending money like it's nothing because they can, and they're trying these different pieces out that are going to make them better even in the immediate interim. I don't still don't know they're not going to make a deep run, but they're certainly not going to be bottom run. Granted, they're not um, losing out for a top round pick anyway, but that's neither here nor there. St. Louis too. I love St. Louis's coach. I think Craig Berube is a fantastic coach. I think he gets what he needs out of every, each and every player, no matter what style of player it is either. So yeah, those two teams are going to be coming. Uh, Minnesota, again, cannot say stagnant. I think for years they've been able to just kind of ho and hum along and I think they're finally realizing they can't anymore they're going and that's why to your point Judd and to your point Dex there's going to have to be some sort of movement this offseason just to keep pace just to not be that bottom rung that bottom rung team because that's not a situation Minnesota's ever been in they might have missed the playoffs but they've never been at the bottom of the barrel and if they don't start changing some things tweaking some things making some moves that's where they're going to be yeah, I, I think Chicago's in position here to maybe pop right back up. Um, yeah, I mean, do they do their hard time? I don't know. Um, and, and I know they're kind of been a PR nightmare over the last year, and they're trying to dig themselves out of there as well. I love that they have a, you know, I, th- I think their coach can have some success here too. I love that they didn't just go down to the old well. And yeah, I mean, we look at the Central Division, it's always been a gauntlet and, and, and a tough, tough sledding for most teams. But, you know, I, I, the Wild aren't bad enough to completely bottom out pending, you know, an injury to Kaprizov or Brodeen or something. Um, so there'll still be a competitive team. It's just how, how competitive will they indeed be? Like, are, are they going to take a step back? And is that step back a wild card berth? Is that step back out of the picture? I guess we still have to kind of wait and to see how their roster kind of fills out. Playoff team, you think, Jesse, for the wild? No, I kind of just want to see it happen too, just to get their footing back with beneath them. Like, instead of being happy to All be right. here, we're here. Like, I kind of want you to feel the pain of missing out a little bit. Um, but I say that every year too. I think every year, I don't know if they're, they're a bubble team and they surprise right. me. So who knows? And we get on the golf course earlier in that case too. I know it's only like a week and a half cool. earlier, but we get on the golf course. Got, earlier. This is very incredible. true. You two are incredible. There's nothing like a, a playoff run, but I agree with you. And the thing about this too, though, is so if they're not a playoff team for, and this might sound weird, the right reasons, I'm all for it. And the right reasons are you got to play your youth. Dean's got to play the kids. They got to find out with some of these kids. I mean, just to start with, as we've discussed basically since the season ended, Marco Rossi playing a game in Iowa next year makes zero sense. Like, he's great in Iowa. We all know that, right? But you've got this core group. I mean, Brock Faber needs to get, and I think he will, important minutes every single game. And if he struggles, you can't sit him. If Kalen Addison's going to play, he needs to play now. Like, don't replace them with some slappy that you get from the Dallas or from the Ducks who Dallas gave away, you know? So, like, I think if you miss the playoffs because you played the kids, I'm for that. If you miss the playoffs but you tried to milk it and tried to go get a couple veterans here and there, this ain't the year for that. So I think it's it's all in how you miss 
the playoffs. It's like this draft. You went and got centers. You needed them. Good for you. Like Bill Guerin basically acknowledged without saying it that he has agreed with, I think, all three of us, which is you need good centers. The days of plug and play, well, you know, Kaprizov and Zuccarello are so good that I can put Judd Zolgad with those two. Well, no, you can't. In Ryan Hartman ain't the guy either. So anyway, I think it's how you miss the playoffs, if you do, that's going to determine it. If you go down swinging with veterans, I'm out. I'm just completely out. Final thoughts, So you want them – so you want – so let's clarify this then. So come trade deadline, say the Minnesota Wild are out of the picture – or maybe they're a couple points out to be a bubble team. You want dump. to see nothing. All right. I want to see them dump. Yeah. I, I want to see them dump, and I want to see the kids play. Because the kids, I believe the children of the future. Okay, <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, let's end there. All Thanks, right. hit, Jess, hit, Thanks, hit that Jesse. subscribe button. Nope. Daily Great Minnesota work. Sports Entertainment here on Score North. Pass, shoot, score.